Welcome to the Danny Picard Show on this Tuesday, September 26, 2017. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio, Beantown Athletics, Boston's number one source for screen printing and embroidery. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. And you can use it to get free entry into the $500,000 Pick'em Contest for week number four in the NFL this coming Sunday. Pick'em is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football. And in Pick'em, DraftKings has taken care of the salary cap for you. So all you have to do is select one player from each tier, and they've broken it down into eight different tiers. The smaller player pools mean you only draft from the players you know. So in Pick'em, you don't have to worry about... You know, taking somebody who is $3,000, $4,000, a guy that you might not have even heard of. Nope, just the players you know. And the best part is you get to draft a new team every week without any commitment whatsoever. So what are you waiting for? Go to DraftKings.com right now or download their app and play for free with my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And speaking of DraftKings, I should also let you know that every fourth week in the NFL, I will be running a 2020 tournament for the Sunday slate. So this is week four in the NFL coming up. So this Sunday, I will have a 2020 tournament. What does that mean? It's $20 to enter and only 20 people can get in. So including myself, 19 other people. That's right. I'll be in. I'll have a chance to win. So if you want to put your money on the line and try to steal my money, Go ahead, be my guest, but only 20 people can get in. So hurry up and join right now. It's $20 to enter. The winner takes all. Plus, I will send the winner, unless I win, of course. I will send the winner a free Picard Club t-shirt, which is selling like hotcakes, by the way, at tpublic.com slash stores slash Danny Picard. If you haven't seen the t-shirt or some of the merchandise that I have for this show, uh, I put a link. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter account. And my Twitter account is at Danny Picard. Follow me on Twitter or Facebook or go to my website, DannyPicard.com, to get the link to my 2020 DraftKings tournament this Sunday. Again, every fourth week in the NFL. So the first one this season is this weekend. $20 to enter. Winner takes all. But hurry up, again, because only 20 people can get involved. Today's show is also presented by Ghost in the Machine Tattoo Parlor. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo is Boston's premier tattoo studio, boasting some of the finest talent in New England. Whether you're looking for large custom bodywork or a classic walk-in tattoo, Ghost in the Machine Tattoo has you covered. Go to their website right now at ghostinthemachinetattoo.com to check out some of their work and some pictures of the new shop that they'll be opening on Washington Street in Brighton. Also, check out some of their work on Instagram at ghostinthemachine.tattoo. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo is led by Eric Reith, who's internationally recognized for his work. So give Eric and the rest of his artists a call right now at 617-562-4089. That's 617-562-4089. Or again, just walk right in and tell him you want to get inked up and make sure you tell him I sent you. Ghost in the Machine Tattoo Parlor, 571 Washington Street in Brighton, welcome to the show as week three in the NFL is in the books. Uh, I'm giving you the show a day later than usual. Usually I'm here on Mondays. 
But uh, as you know, sometimes that schedule can change. Uh, I didn't leave you hanging too long. It's Tuesday morning. By the time you get this show, uh, it'll be released by Tuesday early afternoon. So let's get to it. Last night on Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona 28-17. Dak Prescott threw two touchdowns and rushed for another TD. I think what impressed me most about Dak Prescott on Monday Night Football was uh, the touchdown early in the fourth in which the game's tied at 14, he has to sort of roll out of the pocket or he jumps into the pocket and then gets to the outside and still makes a deep throw. Uh, What was it? Maybe 35-yard touchdown pass into the end zone. Butler came down with the football for the catch, for the touchdown catch, but Dak Prescott to be able to make that type of throw in a big spot on the move. uh, You know, it just shows me a lot about the kid, and I think it should show you a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, even though Arizona has not really looked too good this season. Uh, the Cardinals are now 1-2 and two on the year. I mean, they one win against Indianapolis. They, Arizona just barely won that game. Well, they went in overtime. So Arizona has not looked good, but still for Dallas to bounce back from a tough loss against the Denver Broncos in which Ezekiel Elliott only ran for eight yards. All eyes were on Elliott last night. Elliott, he did bounce back, rushing for 80 yards and a touchdown as everybody was questioning his effort level and, uh, I mean, I don't know that I was, but a lot of people were. You had a feeling that Elliott would bounce back with a nice night, over 20 points at least in, in my fantasy league. But Elliott with 80 yards rushing and one touchdown. But I think Dak Prescott certainly was the story, uh, showing a lot of guts, two touchdowns, and rest for another. And the Dallas Cowboys now 2-1 and one on the season with a win in Arizona. So week three is in the books. And as I do to begin every week, uh, during the NFL season at least, I react to the top storylines in the NFL. And if you listen to my show, you know, I only react to what goes on in the games. All right. I mean, I give you picks with the spread on Thursday's show. I give you predictions all the time as to what's going to happen. And when things do happen, I react to it, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong. But it's the in-game stuff that I do. And uh, I think that if you, again, if you listen, you know that's what you're getting from my show. So my audience, which continues to return and continues to grow, they know what they're getting into. When they hit play on the Danny Picard Show, which is a show that's a podcast, which is on demand, and you can listen to whenever the fuck you want. You know what you're getting into. You know that I'm going to talk about the games. You know that I'm going to talk about the things that matter to me, that I believe matters to my audience, the people that come uh, for the reaction, for sort of the X's and O's stuff. But it's not to say I don't get into the big picture stuff. I certainly do. But for even someone like myself, for even a show like my show, to ignore what obviously was the top storyline this weekend in the NFL, which was not necessarily the on-field X's and O's, to ignore that stuff, um, well, that would not be talking about the top storylines in the NFL. I'm not, I don't get into politics. Again, you know. And, and, and that's not to say that I'm going to succumb to the pressures of every other show in the world, including every sports talk show, talking about politics. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get involved in that. And look, I, I get knocked for that. I get, I, I take some heat for that because, you know, people think that I should talk about this. I should talk about that. Well, um, to be quite honest with you in this business, I've never really done what anybody has tried to advise me to do. And for people who say, well, you might be in a bigger spot. 
uh, if you did, I don't think that's true. In fact, I don't even think I would exist in this business if I did it the way everybody else wanted me to do, to do it. I wouldn't. I've made all my own breaks in this business, and I've done it all my own ways, and if I didn't do it my way, I, I wouldn't be here. I still wouldn't be in the business. So um, I, I'm going to continue to do what I enjoy doing. I'm going to continue to do what I got in this business for, and that's to talk about the actual sports and, and the on-field stuff, but sometimes you get some off-field stuff that you got to discuss. Sometimes you get some political stuff that, you know, sort of creeps in to the sports world. And this weekend in the NFL, that's exactly what we had. We had the president of the United States of America making comments about players who kneel during the national anthem before games and basically calling out the league. He called out the players who did it. Uh, he called out the owners who employed these players, and he called for some changes. And because of that, the NFL, you know what? The president didn't just call out the NFL. He called out the NBA as well. You saw the story with the Golden State Warriors. You know, they, they said that, well, they're not going to the White House. And Donald Trump basically said, well, the invitation is taken off the table <laughs> because he thought Steph Curry was hesitating. Well. I thought the Warriors kind of already said they weren't going. So what is it? Is the invitation off the table or are the Warriors not going? The Warriors sent out a release saying, well, they weren't going anyways, even though the invitation was somehow pulled by the president. It, it, it's similar to the, the only way I can really, the only thing I can relate it to is um, a, a local establishment that I, I will not name. I, I thought I was boycotting the, this local establishment for the longest time. I mean, I'm talking about two, three years. And after that went by, I, I thought to myself, all right, you know what? Some of my friends are going up. Let's go. I'll go back in. And when I went to go back in, they told me I was banned. And, you know, I stepped back. I said, I'm banned? I was fucking boycotting. What are you talking? I'm banned. I, you know what? The boycott's still on. Okay? You're right. I'm not coming in. I'm boycotting. <laughs> so what? it, it kind of reminded me of that situation. But, um... Again, we won't talk about that place or where that is or why uh, that is. That's uh, it's in the past, but still, <laughs> it reminded me of that. But it's it's childish, okay? That that's what that's what it was. It was childish when I was boycotting, or then when I was banned. Both sides, we were both being childish. This situation, the president, I think everybody's being childish about it. I do. I think everybody's being childish. Um, now, but but more so, you know, when you're the president of the United States. I just, I don't, ex here's what I don't expect. And I'm not going to get into politics. I'm not going to get into his political agenda, his policies, or what type of job he's doing as the president. But when he does mention the NBA and the NFL and he calls them out, it does creep into the sports world. So I, I do need to acknowledge it. It's just that I don't expect to see the president even caring about the NBA or caring about the NFL enough to the point where he has to make comments about it and then also tweet about it. It's insane. It's insane. And again, politics aside, just looking at Donald Trump, the person from afar, the guy is a fucking boob. He is. I know people who, who, who you know, love the guy with regards to his political agenda, and even they say, yeah, the guy's kind of a clown, right? I mean, he is. I don't, I don't even know how... How you could not acknowledge that. That said, um, I do not. One thing I do not want to do, especially during the NFL season, one thing I don't want to do every Monday is have to come on this show and react to what players did 
during the national anthem. I don't. I don't want to do that. And and that's not me telling you that I don't care about social issues in this country. It's not me telling you that I don't care about the awareness that some of these players are trying to raise at certain points during their careers. That's not me telling you I don't care about that stuff. I do care about that stuff. But, you know, the way I feel about the national anthem is you can do what you want. Uh, and, 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 and I say that because I never really have thought twice about it un- until all this stuff started happening over the last 14 months, right? I, I never even thought twice about it. I, here's what I know. I know what I do during the national anthem. You know what I do? I stand up and I put my hand over my heart. That's it. And I don't stop that stance until this, this song's over. That said... I only do that because that's the way I was brought up. That's all I know from, you know, when, when we would have, you know, if they had the national anthem in grammar school or in high school at sporting events. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Like at a sporting event, when I played and they played the national anthem, you, you're all jacked up. Everybody, please rise. You know, you rise, you, 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 you take your helmet off and you stand there. You know, I'm not standing there thinking to myself how much I either love or hate my country. Like, I'm standing there all jacked up going, oh, this is a big moment. The fact that we get the national anthem means this is a big game, right? And and so the mentality is just in that moment, you do what you know, you do what you were brought up to be told is the right way, which is stand up and put your hand over your heart. At least that's the way I do it. That's the way I'm going to continue to do it. But um, I guess in that moment, I also only worry about myself. Like, I, I have never, ever, up until... The, you know, recently in the last year and a half, I have never thought about what other people do during the national anthem. Like it's never really been a concern of mine. Yet here we are now in 2017 during an NFL season, not only, not only having to analyze and react to what players do during the national anthem before games, but now we have to hear the president of the United States calling the league out, calling players out for what they do during the national anthem. And now the NFL responds, and the biggest story of week three was before the game, was what were teams going to do? What were players going to do? You know, you had some players kneeling. You had a lot of people with, with their arms connected as they either stood or knelt. Um, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't even come out for the national anthem, except for one guy, except for one player who served in the military. And, you know, he was overseas fighting protecting our country, protecting our rights, he decided to to get out there, stand up, and acknowledge the national anthem. This is how crazy this whole thing has gotten and how much we've analyzed this, how much we analyze, or should I say overanalyze what people are doing during the national anthem. This is how crazy it has gotten. Where today, I wake up, and I have to see a story in which that player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who again, served in the military, served in the U.S. military, all right? He had to come out and sort of apologize for doing that because he felt bad that he made his teammates look bad because the rest of his team had to stay inside the locker room. Like, we have reached a point where somebody who served in the U.S. military has to feel bad for standing for the fucking national anthem. How insane is that? Like, I can't even... Like, I can't even comprehend that thought where this guy has to feel bad for that. He shouldn't have to feel bad for anything. I just think that we've reached a point of 
overanalyzing what people do during the national anthem to the point where I don't want to have to do this. I don't, because at the end of the day, again, this is not me telling you I, I don't care about social issues in this country. I'm not telling you I don't care about what type of uh, causes people are fighting for, trying to support, or trying to raise awareness for. I'm not telling you I don't care about that stuff. Here's what I don't care about, though. I don't care what people do during the national anthem. I don't. I don't. The president cares enough where he's calling out the league. The league's responding. We're talking about unity. I don't know. Was that unity on Sunday? Half of the people were kneeling. Half of the people were standing. One team didn't even come out for the fucking thing. And one player on that team did come out. That was unity? I Like, I just, I, I'm, I'm confused as to what the message is. I'm confused as to where you want someone like me to go right now. I don't know where to go with this. I don't. The only thing I can tell you is how I how I honestly feel without getting into politics. All right? That's the only thing I can do because on my show, I don't do politics. I don't do it. I don't mainly because I just don't fucking wanna. It's like and if that's not a good enough reason for you, then go fuck yourself and take off and don't listen and don't talk about me and don't think about me. And if you do, then that's fine. And you want to promote me and promote my show and promote my name? Go the fuck ahead. I don't care. Either way, it doesn't matter to me what, what you say about my show or how I do my show. My audience comes f- to, to, to get away from that shit. They do. My audience comes to my show as an escape to the madness. And you could try to tell me that every show is going to be doing politics now for the foreseeable future, you know, especially for the next seven years. Um, but I will tell you that there's a lot of people that don't want to listen to that. And if, while you all are doing politics, guess what? I'll, I'll be the one who's not. And if you would like to escape from the political madness that is social media, that is now also sports TV, you know, sports analysis on TV, podcasts, radio, you want to get away from that stuff, right? Then come to my show because I'll give you the analysis. I'll talk about the games. I'll talk about the teams. I'll talk about the things that actually matter to the diehard sports fan, which is what I am, which is what's going on in the game. I do not want to come on this show every Monday and or Tuesday at, at, at the beginning of each week. I do not want to come on this show and have to break down and analyze what certain players or certain teams did during the national anthem. I don't. Okay? So, um, I'm just going to move on with that said. I'm going to get to what happened during the games because, again, I'm watching the pregame and it's I got to listen to Rex Ryan give political thoughts on Sunday. I got news for Rex Ryan. There isn't a single person on the face of the earth that gives a rat's ass about what Rex Ryan thinks about politics. And if you're tuning in to ESPN to see what Rex Ryan thinks about Donald Trump, then you're a fucking psychopath, okay? (laughs) Because there are other people that probably have more knowledgeable political opinions anyways. But if you're looking for political opinions, go to CNN, go to MSNBC, go to Fox News. Why are you going to ESPN? Why? I just, that's that's not what I'm interested in doing, all right? That's not what I'm interested in listening to or watching. I'm sorry, it's not. So I don't give you that shit on my show, and and that's it. But look, I couldn't ignore what the actual top story in week three was. I could, it happened. Um, My reaction to it is just that, once again, not saying I don't care about some of the social issues that these guys, uh, you know, are, are trying to support or the causes they're trying to support and raise awareness for, but 
I, you know, again, mixed mess. I got some mixed messages in week three. Uh, that said, I just don't, at the end of the day, I don't care what people do during the national anthem. I know what I do, and that's good enough for me. And we move on, and we get to the game. That's what, that's what we do. That's why I turn on CBS. That's why I turn on Fox. That's why I turn on ESPN, the NFL Network, to watch the game, to watch the people who, had, who were hired to talk about the game, to actually talk about the game and not analyze what people were doing during the national anthem. I don't care about that. Do whatever you want, all right? Do what you want. I know what I do, and that's good enough for me. All right? That's it. And we move on. All that said... Picks, picks. What did we get with picks, picks? Right? I wanted to see that play out on Sunday. I went three and two in week three. Three and two. I'm now nine and six on the season. Um, the games that I got right, I had New Orleans plus five and a half over Carolina in Carolina. New Orleans ended up winning that game, so they obviously cover. Um, you know, I so I picked the Saints plus five and a half. I got that right. I picked Atlanta minus three over Detroit. I got that right. Uh, Atlanta wins that game, what, by four points. Detroit scored a touchdown late, but it ends up not counting. I, I thought Golden Tate got in. They reversed that call. They said he was down before the ball crossed the goal line, but then they had a 10-second runoff uh, because Detroit had no timeouts left, and if they, they said if they did get the call right, the time would have ran off, and Detroit would have never been able to run another play anyways with no timeouts. That's just the NFL rule. When that gets reversed, it's a 10-second runoff, and what was it, like eight seconds left? So the game was over, and Atlanta ended up holding on to win. Uh, but Atlanta covers. They win by four, and they were a three-point favorite, so I got that right. And then I got Kansas City minus three-and-a-half right. They beat the Chargers, and the Chiefs were a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They cover uh, in L.A., or yeah, in, I was going to say in San Diego, wherever they're playing these days, the Chargers. In L.A., Kansas City wins. So, um, you know, I take the two teams that I told you could very well be the only undefeated teams left in the NFL through three weeks, and it's true. Atlanta at 3-0 and Kansas City at 3-0, they are now the only two undefeated teams in the NFL. They are. And uh, speaking of Kansas City, though, again, those are the three games I got right. Kansas City, I also got right, or at least gave you some good advice on Thursday with my DraftKings gotta have them play of the week. Kareem Hunt, I told you, Kansas City Chiefs running back who had another big run late in Kansas City's win over the Chargers. Kareem Hunt finished with 28.30 DraftKings points. He had 172 rush yards and a touchdown. So for the second straight week, I gave you a pretty damn good DraftKings. Gotta have him play. And uh, with picks, picks, I went three and two. So I am now nine and six on the season. Speaking of spreads, just an interesting note. Ten of Sunday's 13 underdogs covered the spread. How about that? In week three, 10 of Sunday's 13 underdogs covered the spread. So uh, just, a, just a little side note, a little, little gambling note there. I'll make more picks for week number four on Thursday's show, and I'll give you another DraftKings gotta have them play for week four, for Sunday's games. But um, that's what I had. That's some of the advice I gave you and how much it worked out. Again, nine and six on the season with picks, picks. And then the top storylines, once you get past what people are doing during the National Anthem, as I told you, Atlanta and Kansas City, now the only undefeated teams at 3-0. You know, you had some upsets there, like Denver, Oakland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami, all lost in the AFC and in the NFC. 
The other 2-0 teams that lost were Detroit and Carolina. Uh, the game here locally that I am more focused on, more than anything else, not just because I picked them in my survivor pool, but also because, you know, I obviously root for the Patriots. The New England Patriots, with a comeback win over the Houston Texans, 36-33, Tom Brady, with 23 seconds left, throws a deep touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks on the left side of the end zone. The Patriots trailed 33-28. to They get the deep touchdown pass, and they end up winning the game 36-33. to uh, They get the two-point conversion. But I will say this. I think the story of the game, which ends up being the story, it ends up being that drive. That drive ends up being the story of the game. Yeah, you get the ball back at about two minutes left. You get the two-minute drill. You trail 33-28 at home to a Texans team that you should not lose to, especially not at home, um, because it's a rookie quarterback coming in. Though credit where credit's due to Deshaun Watson. I, he, made all the, he made all the big throws. He really did. Deshaun Watson impressed me. I think if you're a Houston Texans fan, you know what? You're looking at your team right now. You see that you're one and two. Uh, you're looking up at a Tennessee team that's for, in first place at two and one that just beat Seattle on Sunday. Tennessee's very good. I told you Tennessee's going to win this division. Jacksonville's even playing well. I don't know what happened in London. Now, I, I didn't watch this game. Again, I told you. I watch football from 1 o'clock through the Sunday night game. That's enough football for me. I don't need to start watching football at 9.30 in the fucking morning. I don't. That's just too much. But these London games, I would never even touch them. I mean, it's, they're just tough to predict. Jacksonville jumped out and scored early and often, and they beat up the Ravens in London. But uh, Jacksonville's 2-1. and one. But Houston and the AFC South, they're looking up. You know, Indy, they won. Uh, they beat Cleveland. So... I mean, it's just Houston, I don't think, has a chance to win this division. And if you're a Texans fan, you might feel the same way. But with that said, being one and two and being in last place in the division, I don't know that you should hang your head because what what have been the Houston Texans' biggest problem? What's their biggest problem the last couple of years? Or at least, I don't know, the last 10 years? It's been quarterback play. Deshaun Watson in Gillette Stadium on Sunday against the Patriots. He made all the big throws Throws that I did not think he could make. And if you combine that with some of his college performances, Deshaun Watson's been all the been in all the big games. He's played in all the big moments. He succeeded at a lot of them. And uh, I think the we look, we knew he likes to run the football. I didn't know if he could make the big throws in the NFL, especially on the road against the New England Patriots. As much as New England's defense is struggling, I still think that what Deshaun Watson did on Sunday at Gillette, uh, that's worth something. It is. And if you're a Texans fan, I don't know that you should be hanging your head. In fact, I do know you shouldn't be hanging your head with Deshaun Watson's play. I I think that he's got a very bright future. And that, if you can keep that defense intact, I'm telling you right now, that is, he is going to be a very valuable asset to the point where you never know what type of team you could be looking at the next three to five years uh, in the AFC with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. So, he made some big throws. He showed me a lot of nice things in that game. But the biggest story of this one with the Patriots win was their final drive in which they trailed. Uh, they were on the verge of losing a game against the team they shouldn't lose to, especially in their own building. But you have Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, not just this drive. The story of the game was not just this drive. It was something that happened in this drive that Tom Brady didn't do. That 
at least 28 other teams in the National Football League would have done, and it would have probably caused at least 28 other teams in the National Football League to lose the game. And you know what that was? That was Tom Brady not calling a timeout after his deep pass on 3rd and 18 to Danny Amendola with just under a minute left. The Patriots had the ball at midfield. Again, they're trailing this game 33-28. to There's, what, 55 seconds left. They get the ball at midfield. Tom Brady, on 3rd and 18, throws it deep to Danny Amendola, down to the, what, 25-yard line or so? Amendola goes up and gets it. First down. Um, Time is running down. The Patriots had a timeout. You need a touchdown. I'm telling you right now, 28 other teams at least in this moment would have called the timeout. Tom Brady did not. He, he, He got a little jog down the field. You know, he had his hand, both hands were going, pushing it, going, get up, get up, get up. They got up to the line of scrimmage. They snapped the football. They ran a play. He threw it deep to the left side of the end zone. Brandon Cooks, touchdown with 23 seconds left. Tom Brady did not call a timeout there. You know why? Because the Houston Texans defense was toast. Not just because they were tired, but because they were dehydrated. It was a hot day at Gillette Stadium. There was a timeout that Houston called not too long before then, in which you saw like J.J. Watt was on his knee, chugging water. You know, they, they needed the electrolytes. The Houston Texans needed to take a couple pages out of Tom Brady's new book and continue to chug the electrolytes, chug the water. Chug the H2O. The Houston Texans defense was toast. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots saw that, and instead of panicking and calling a timeout after a first down play where they get the ball down to Houston's 25-yard line with about 30 seconds left, instead of calling a timeout and allowing Houston's defense to recover and get some water and get some electrolytes and get, get a little rest before another play, instead of calling a timeout, the Patriots didn't panic. They knew what they wanted to do. But more importantly, they saw that Houston's defense was toast. They snapped the, snapped the ball, started a play, and threw it into the end zone. And they got a touchdown. And they were rewarded because of it. I'm telling you right now, the Patriots not calling a timeout there was, the, was ultimately the biggest difference in the game, I thought. Because you just take an advantage of a defense that had nothing left in the tank. And instead of calling a timeout and maybe giving them a little bit of gas, giving the Texans' defense a little gas, at least 28 other teams in the NFL would have called a timeout because they wouldn't have cared about that. They would have just been caring about themselves. They would have panicked. They would have said, oh, we need to get the right play in. We need to make sure we run the right play. The Patriots know they're going to run the right play because they know they have the right quarterback running that play who does not panic in these moments And it's just another sign of the Patriots. Them not calling a timeout there after the Amendola completion right before the the Cooks touchdown pass to win the game. The Patriots not calling a timeout there was just another sign of the Patriots being one step ahead of everybody else in the NFL. It was. It was. And uh, they win the game. They win the game. Tom Brady, five touchdown passes. And now they're... 2-1 2-1 and one with the Carolina Panthers coming to town Sunday at 1 o'clock in week 4. A Panthers team that finally got tested this season. And they got tested by New Orleans, who beat them in Carolina. The Panthers, are, they're trying to find something offensively. Uh, they're trying to find it. They're fighting it right now. Look, they're 2-1. I don't know that they should panic. 
Now, I certainly don't think they're going to come into Gillette Stadium and and and, and beat the Patriots. Um, but you know, I do think that Carolina could end up bouncing back to the point where maybe they do go 10-6. and six. Maybe they do get a wild card spot in the playoffs. They're not going to win that division because I do think Atlanta's going to win that division. And I was right on with Atlanta. I told you before the season that they were not going to suffer from any type of Super Bowl hangover after that collapse, mainly because they just have too many weapons. And they beat a damn good Lions team in Detroit uh, on Sunday. So Atlanta's 3-0. and Atlanta's going to win that division. But Carolina could get in as a wildcard team. I'm not ruling that out. Still, give, we have to take into account how Carolina's looked in the first three weeks of this season. They're obviously trying to find something offensively, and uh, they're a little banged up as well. I'm, I just don't think Carolina's going to come into Gillette and beat the Patriots. And as of right now, on this Tuesday morning, the Patriots, they opened yesterday as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Carolina. So the Pats... If it's minus eight and a half or minus eight, whatever it's going to be, um, you know, I, I, I think that's something to look at because I do think that the Patriots, at least right now, where you have Gronk back, Amendola played, uh, Malcolm Butler looks like he's somebody who has received the message from Belichick. Butler was out of the starting lineup in week two against New Orleans. Uh, his snap, his defensive snap count was down. Uh, but he played a lot. He played a lot more. He played he played all the defensive snaps in, in week three, and he looked very good at times. So Malcolm Butler, got to give him credit for the attitude that he has. You know, I think if you want to call that a message sent by Bill Belichick in week two, well, consider the message received by Malcolm Butler, and he's responded in, the, in all the right ways. So um, any Malcolm Butler conspiracy theories, I think you can throw those out the window. I do not think this kid's going to get traded. I like his attitude, and I, I think that the Malcolm Butler that, that you see you know, moving forward, I, I think is going to be the Malcolm Butler that he gets the message. He responds to the message, and he's a hardworking kid. And, you know, even though he, he, he signed the restricted free agent first-round tender, gets him about $4 million this season, I think he knows that if he plays at a high level and he plays at a, at a borderline elite level as a cornerback in this league, I think he knows he's going to get paid, but he's only going to get paid the, the money that he wants if he goes out and earns it again. And, and I do think that his mindset is going to be as such where he does go out and earn it rather than just sit back, pout, complain about the contract, you know, moan and groan and, and, and be upset with the Patriots. I, I don't think that's the way he's going to respond. If he does, he will get traded, but he won't get traded because I do think he'll be the best cornerback on this team when it's all said and done, and Bill Belichick is not going to trade you if you are playing up to your expectations. So, uh, yeah, here we go. I mean, the Patriots are 2-1. You look around the league. You look at their schedule. If they beat Carolina at home in week four, then they go to Tampa Bay. I mean, you look at the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lose to a Minnesota team that didn't even play with Sam Bradford. You know, they had Case Keenum throwing the football on him. So how scared are you now with Tampa Bay's defense, a defense that was supposed to be, um, at least I thought, one of the better defenses in football. That I don't know that that's going to be a- as concerning a game as maybe it was at the beginning of the season. And seeing what happened to them against Minnesota without Sam Bradford. Then you go to New York to play the Jets. I don't think anybody's concerned about that. Then week seven 
at home against Atlanta, Sunday Night Football, October 22nd. That's going to be the big one. That's going to be, and not to say that Carolina won't be a test. I do think it will be to a certain extent, but not as much of a test as that Week 7 game at home against the Atlanta Falcons is going to be. So when I look around the league and I look at what the Patriots have, I, I, I see the New England Patriots being a team that once again showed you in that final drive, not calling a timeout, something like that, something as simple as that, not calling a timeout before that touchdown pass. Seeing that the Houston Texans defense was toast, that's just another sign that the Patriots are one step ahead of everybody else in this league. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sticking, so I stick with my prediction. What's going to happen? Patriots going to go back to the Super Bowl, uh, or at least go back to the AFC championship game. So that's what we have in the NFL um, as only two undefeated teams. And on Thursday, I will give you picks picks for week number four. And also I'll give you another DraftKings gotta have them play of the week. This is the final week of Major League Baseball's regular season. The postseason begins next week. Arguably the best time of year, right? And when we bring it back here locally to the Red Sox, the Red Sox they lost last night on Monday night at home against the Toronto Blue Jays. But before that, before that game, they won six straight, sweeping the Orioles and the Reds on the road, doing what they should do to those teams. The magic number for the Red Sox to clinch the AL East as they have 91 wins. The magic number is three. The Yankees won last night. Um, I think the Red Sox are going to clinch the AL East. They have six games left. Two against Toronto at home, and then four against Houston at home. Houston has 96 wins. They got a win last night. They're chasing Cleveland, who didn't play last night. Cleveland has 98 wins. Houston has 96. Now, the Red Sox play Houston in four games to close out the regular season. That could be a preview of the ALDS, which means that that final series could they could be playing for home field in that ALDS series against each other. So there could be something on the line there in, in these final four games. But for that to happen, the Red Sox are going to need some help from Texas. They did not get it uh, from the Texas Rangers last night, uh, though the Texas Rangers, uh, they did jump out to an early lead over Houston, but Houston ended up winning 11-2. Red Sox are going to need some help if they want to be playing for home field against Houston in the final four games of the regular season. But we'll see how it all plays out here in the final week. The final game of the regular season for the Red Sox is on Sunday against Houston. Here's the postseason schedule, regardless of who they play. The AL wildcard game will be next Tuesday, a week from today. The NL wildcard game will be next Wednesday. And right now, just looking at the wildcard picture, if the playoffs began today, the Yankees would be hosting the Minnesota Twins. Um, I mean, the Twins should be wrapping this up any day now. It's going to be the Yankees and the Twins, and I think it's it's going to be in the Bronx. In the National League, their wildcard game, if the playoffs began today, the Arizona Diamondbacks would be hosting the Colorado Rockies. And uh, the Milwaukee Brewers... And the St. Louis Cardinals are in a race with Colorado for that final wild card spot. Arizona's clinched. Uh, So it's Colorado, Milwaukee, St. Louis battling to see who goes to Arizona for the NL wild card game. But those wild card games will be next Tuesday and Wednesday with the ALDS game one 
next Thursday. So ALDS series, both of those series begin next Thursday. The NLDS series, both of those series begin next Friday. So I'm ready for playoff baseball. Of course, the Red Sox are going to the playoffs. They still have to clinch the division. But uh, I think they should be able to do that here in the next couple days. And when that does happen, we'll know that they'll be in an ALDS series and we'll just have to figure out who they're going to play. But I think it's going to make that Houston series all that much more interesting. So when we get there, I'll react. And then, of course, you got the NHL and the NBA. Uh, The Bruins in the NHL, they've begun the preseason. David Postonok, of course, under his new contract, six years, 40 mil, which is a great deal for the Bruins. And even though David Postonok didn't necessarily get the eight, eight and a half mil per season that he wants, it's a little less than seven million per season. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, the kid is or should be devastated by that because he had one really good season. He's 21 years old and a salary of close to seven million per year is not too bad for a 21-year-old NHL player who really only has had one, uh, you know, extremely good season that would uh, even make him qualified to get that much money. So uh, David Pasenak should not be upset, and the Bruins certainly shouldn't be upset. It's a good deal for them, Uh, but the Bruins, they are in the preseason. I'm not going to be paying attention really to preseason hockey. Get me to the regular season. Same thing with the NBA. Uh, Though the NBA, they've had their media days now the last couple days. And uh, the Celtics, there's not really much news coming out of there. I mean, we just need to see what that thing looks like on the court with all the moves that they've made. You got the new big three with Gordon Haywood, Kyrie Irving, and Al Horford. We're not going to know what this looks like until they actually get on the court. Um, But I guess, well, if you do want to see what's going on with Isaiah Thomas with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the report yesterday was that Isaiah Thomas is going to be out. He's got that hip injury. He's going to be out until at least January. That's the expectation, at least. That's the timetable. So that's not really good news for the Cavaliers, but something's telling me they'll still be able to survive, especially if they're able to get Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, uh, he gets a buyout from the Bulls. He gets bought out from the Bulls, and some people think he could be on to Cleveland. That Dwayne Wade, now who can sign with anybody, he could go to the Cavaliers. I don't know. Either the Cavaliers, maybe he goes to Miami. I mean, does he join Oklahoma City? How about the Thunder? They trade for Carmelo Anthony. So now Oklahoma City has Carmelo, Westbrook, obviously, and Paul George. Are there enough basketballs to go around in OKC? We're going to find out. But we need actual games to be played uh, to find out. But, um, I mean, if you're Carmelo, you got to be motivated, I guess at a shot to at least contend for the Western Conference title with Golden State, right? I mean, you're going to contend. I think they'll contend. I don't know if they'll beat Golden State, but they'll contend. And um, then, of course, in the Eastern Conference, I mean, with Isaiah Thomas being out until at least January, I don't think Cleveland's going to be terrible, but um, the Celtics, you know, they're the defending Eastern Conference at regular season champs at least, the one seed, I think that they should be in a good position to get that one seed once again, or at least to put themselves in a good position uh, to be in striking distance of clinching that one seed in the East for the second straight season. So uh, we have NBA and NHL action right around the corner. 
Uh, I'm excited for that. So this is an exciting time of year. We got a lot going on. And of course, I, I don't ignore some of the bigger things that happen in the WWE, as you know, if you listen to my show. And I want to let you know, I did watch the No Mercy pay-per-view Sunday night. Not all of it. I watched some of it because I was watching the Sunday night game with Oakland and Washington. That was that game was one of my losses. Oakland minus three and a half. My other loss, I know I didn't tell you this earlier, was Green Bay minus nine and a half. Even though Green Bay won, they did not cover for me against Cincinnati. But uh, So I was watching the Sunday night game with Oakland and Washington. I, I did tune in to the pay-per-view No Mercy on Sunday night. And I, I tuned in towards the end. Roman Reigns defeated John Cena. And these two guys, I don't know. I just feel like it's the, the with both of them, it's sort of the same match. John Cena, he does some things where he does give you some new looks during a match. You can tell he's trying to come up with something new, some type of new move. Roman Reigns doesn't really do that. I mean, it wasn't really a great match. It was kind of boring. Roman Reigns wins. After the match was the most interesting part where John Cena, after Reigns left, Cena sat in the ring, in the corner, his head resting on the lower turnbuckle. He even went and kissed the mat, didn't he? Then he, like, he bowed to the crowd. You know, he, he, he saluted the crowd. It was a moment where it looked like he was retiring as if he was saying goodbye for good. I don't know if that's going to be a storyline. I don't know what they're going to do with that. But it was weird. It was a weird moment uh, with Cena. And I don't know what that means, to be quite honest with you. I really don't. But um, he gave his salute. He walked up the ramp. You know, they played his music. It was like he was saying goodbye. I mean, if he is, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. Because one thing I did learn, the buildup of the Reigns-Cena match at No Mercy... The buildup was great. I never say that Roman Reigns is good on the mic, but I think John Cena brought out the best in him behind the mic. I did. John Cena brought out the best in Roman Reigns behind the mic. It was a great buildup. It was a that had a WrestleMania buildup. And I'm surprised that given the, the the names of these guys, how big their names are in that industry, I'm surprised they didn't do this match at WrestleMania. Right? I'm surprised they didn't. Maybe they're leading up to a rematch and it's going to be like a retirement match or something. And, and maybe Reigns will beat Cena and that's when he'll really call it quits. I don't know. Maybe. But I am surprised that they did this at No Mercy in the month of September and they didn't do this at WrestleMania because it had a WrestleMania buildup. It really did. And, uh, I mean, this is a WrestleMania match. It really is. And they did it at No Mercy. It was a little weird to me. But if Cena really is maybe done, and again, I don't know that he is, but he reacted afterwards as if he was. And uh, if that were the case, that would explain why they didn't wait till WrestleMania, why they did this match now, because maybe it's a match they just needed to see uh, before it was all said and done. But it wasn't a very good match. The most interesting part was after the reaction that Cena had, kind of making it look like he was calling it quits. Will he? I don't know. We'll find out. Then you had Brock Lesnar. Defeats Braun Strowman to retain the universal title. Um, no surprise there. But, again, not a very interesting match. It's, you know, Lesnar's great because of Paul Heyman, but also because Lesnar manhandles people. And um, it is that that's entertaining, I guess. That provides some entertainment value. I just, Braun Strowman, to me, is a guy who shouldn't be involved in championship matches. I think he should be the guy that's, you know, continues to fight the big show 
Uh, bring Mark Henry back. Have him fight Mark Henry. Have him fight Rusev. Fight the big guys. You know, they, they play that role. He shouldn't be in championship matches. And so no surprise that they had Lesnar win this one. But again, not a very exciting match. Not a very exciting way to end the show. Uh, so if, you, I mean, if you're asking me what I do with that, I would, and look, I don't like the brand split. I don't like how they do Raw and SmackDown. They have two different pay-per-views. There's too much going on. But I will say this. Recently, at least, The Miz is doing some things behind the mic as the Intercontinental Champ that, and I know he already was the WWE Champ. The Miz headlined a WrestleMania. What was that, six, seven years ago? Maybe longer? Where he fought John Cena in the main event. For the, you know what I mean? I, the Miz was the guy at one point. He's not great in the ring, but he's so entertaining behind the mic. I would love to see the Miz get a championship push. Now, I don't think they're going to go that route. I think they're setting us up for Lesnar versus Jinder Mahal. Maybe a unification bout. Maybe. Is that what they're doing? I, all right, fine. Unify them. And you know what? Just give me one title. I don't like the two main titles. It's just, again, too much going on. Which one's the better title? I have no idea. They don't really they don't really acknowledge that. The WWE Championship has always been the main title. Now you got the Universal. Does that mean that's the main title? I mean, if you're asking me, Brock Lesnar's the bigger name than Jinder Mahal. So you would think that they'd have the main belt on the bigger name. Or do they? I don't know. I, I really don't. And because that's so confusing, I, I don't think they should have it that way. Unify them. Maybe that's where they're going. But um, if they did want to give some type of push to somebody that maybe you think could be under the radar and isn't the biggest name in the biz, it's the Miz. It is the Miz. I, I like what they're doing with him. And um, I don't know. Maybe give him a push. I don't see why they wouldn't. I don't see how it could hurt them. In fact, I think a lot of people enjoy the Miz behind the mic. Right? So maybe that's something you should see him moving forward with the WWE. But... Uh, that said, I'll keep an eye on it, and anything crazy that happens, I'll react to it. And again, Thursday, my picks, picks, picks for week number four, as well as my DraftKings play of the week. And one more reminder, sign up for my 2020 DraftKings tournament, $20 to enter, only 20 people can play, winner takes all, and I will also send the winner a free Picard Club t-shirt. You can sign up. The link will be on my Twitter account, on my Facebook page, and also on my website, dannypicard.com. You can get this show whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Again, I'm here every Monday and Thursday. Apologize uh, for being here on Tuesday of this week, but sometimes... The schedule just calls for it. Uh, But all good things. Everything's good. Uh, Maybe at some point in the very near future, I can tell you why I didn't have a show on Monday and I had to wait until Tuesday. But I'm back Thursday and then the normal schedule next week on Monday. I'm out. Talk to you soon.